0: Now, one of the great joys that every preacher has is preaching in the stewardship. So much so that so many of my colleagues refuse to do it. They say, no, we don't ever preach on stewardship themes." And I said, well, what do you do? Well, we pray a lot. And I go, that's good, but you need to tell the people what God has said in the Scriptures. So my sermon title today is, Is God Worth a Tithe? And we're going to begin there. What is God worth to me? You know, that is a question that seems almost unholy in a way. What is God worth to me? But it is a question that sometimes plagues us because we often value things in what we seem or think they are worth to us. And that's very true. Things can cost money, things can cost time, things can cost effort, and all sorts of things. But let's look at some things from the Bible to help us understand this a little bit better. There was a woman who was named Hannah, and she was barren. And she very much wanted a child. She wanted a child very badly. And every year, she and her husband would go up to the tabernacle, which was in Shiloh. And there she would go, and her husband would worship and make his offerings and give his tithes. And she would sit there, and she would pray that God would give her a child. And the old judge, prophet, Eli, heard her and said, one day God will answer you. And in the next year, she had a child. And she was so overjoyed at having that child, whom she named Samuel, that she, to thank God for having the child, she said, after he is weaned, I will give him to the Lord wholly. And she did. She gave up her child that she wanted so badly, and she turned him over to Eli there in the tabernacle, and he was raised and would one day become the great prophet and judge Samuel. But Hannah was willing to give God her son, because that was what it was worth to her, to have a child. We think about that. We think about the other things that we can find in the Bible. For instance, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus, sitting in the temple courts the last week of his earthly ministry, he is there at the temple, and he is with his disciples and others, and he's watching people, and he sees an old widow woman who was pretty destitute, and she puts her two copper pennies into the treasury of the temple. Jesus calls his disciples and says, Do you see this poor widow? And they say, yes, we see her. You see all these others who are dropping great amounts into the temple treasury. And she has put in two pennies. It is everything that she has, her whole livelihood for the day. And she has given it to God. What was God worth to the poor widow woman? it was worth everything she had in terms of money but God was that important to her the second chapter of the book of Acts The day of Pentecost has come. The disciples turned apostles have began preaching and people are responding to the gospel and the church is born and people are coming together and it says that and they all came together. They broke bread in their homes. They prayed. They went to the temple to celebrate and they sold all they had and gave to one another as each had a need. And in the early church, people gave all they had because of what God had done for them in Jesus Christ. And we can go time and time through the pages of the Bible. And we can see what people give to God and why they give to God because in the end, it is God who is the giver of life itself. So what do we give to? What do we give to God specifically? What is God worth to us in our lives? We have to think about that sometimes. We don't think in those terms as if God needs anything that we have. And yet, it is very clear that we are called to give back to the Lord for his many blessings that he has given to us. Have you ever had a child or a family member who was in need and you had to give them something? Sometimes a little something, but a lot of times it's a big something to help them get through. You give it to them because you love them. You may not like what they have done. You may not like how they live their lives, but you give it to them because you love them. You give to your children even when they disobey you as small ones or as teenagers. You send them off to college and you pray for them, but you help them pay. You spoil grandchildren nieces, nephews, because you want them to have things they're important to you, you love them you set aside for them Friday night there Brody sitting in my lap we're going through the Target Christmas catalog Yes, you need that. Yes, and that, and that. For our guests, Brody is my grandson. He's three years, two and a half years old, and his grandfather thinks he needs a lot of things. But we're like that. We're like that. God looks at us as His children. Now I want you to understand this. God looks at us as His children. He does want the very best for His children. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be reasonably happy. He wants us to be able to make ends meet. Our lives do not always present it that way, and our lives are not always like that, but it is God's desire. He wants us to know he loves us so much that he sent his real son, his only son, To teach us, to tell us how much the Father loves us. To die on the cross so that we would have forgiveness of sins. To be raised up that we might have life eternal and life in this world. Abundant life. In other words, God gives us everything. He gives us life. And all those who call on his son's name gets that forgiveness, gets the promise of eternal life. That's how much we're worth to God. We're not worth a tithe to God We're worth life to God. So, if that's what we're worth to God, is God worth our tithe? Robert said it well, no one knows your situation except you and God best, your spouse. But each of us has to understand, what will I return to the Lord? And he makes it very simple in that regard. He teaches the people there, the Hebrews who are coming out of Egypt and now there in the wilderness, that the standard is a tithe. Now, in this case, it was the grain of the field, the herds, whether the flocks, whatever it might be, but the same principle still applies. What will we return to the Lord? When I was in seminary, I used to do taxes for fellow students, for my brother, Back then, it was pretty simple. Nothing like today. And they would come to me mostly because they just didn't want to take the time to read the tax forms and how to fill them out. It was pretty simple stuff. My brother came to me, my brother Glenn, and... Here I was. He was out working, already graduated from college like I had, but I was in seminary, and he was married and working and doing all this stuff. And he says, can you do my taxes? I said, yeah, I can do your taxes. He brought me his taxes, and he says, "Uh, these are my deductions, and this is what we gave to the church last year. And I'm sitting there going and reading through it, and he and his wife that year made $25,000. Now, you got to remember, this is 1980, and for a young couple, that was a lot of money, and they gave $2,500 to the church. And I was like, did y'all really give $2,500 to the church? And he said, yeah, that was our tithe. And here, the man of God being schooled by his brother as to the meaning of tithing. And my brother taught me the lesson from the Bible that I had somehow missed, that God was worth a tithe and much more. So we are now at the beginning of stewardship season. And I'm preaching on tithing. And I want to encourage you to consider it. If you don't already tithe, and many of you do, if you've never thought about giving to God in that way, well, start with a percentage. Make it more than 1%. But work your way towards it if you have never done it. Terry and I have always tithe. Even when we had, at one time, three daughters in college, we always have tied. We always believed that the pastor, thanks to my brother, should set an example for the congregation. And we try to, in that sense. It is important. Can God get along without our money? God has no problem getting along without our money. Can God get along without our time? God has no problem getting along without our time. Can God get along without our worship? God could get along without our worship. But he wants us to do all of these things. He wants us to live out the faith not just in the pews worshiping, not just helping others, but also live out the faith through the pocketbook. And he calls us to do that. We have been greatly blessed by the Lord here at Faith Presbyterian Church. Let me tell you, we have Over the years, we've received many generous gifts. Over the years, we've had many people who have been faithful and generous each and every Sunday, every month, yearly, depending on their source of income and how they are able to give, faithful people. And because of that, God has been able to do so many things here in our congregation So many things, as Robert said, for our congregation our size is an extraordinary thing. The support of four missionary families, doing other mission trips around the world, local missions, the faithful teaching of the word, the proclamation of the gospel, and a place in which we gather to fellowship, to learn, to worship, that is very, very accommodating and is used by so many numerous groups and organizations here in Germantown and Collierville and East Shelby County. Why? Because of the faithfulness of God's people. So, my rhetorical sermon title is just that Is God worth a tithe? <laughs> God's worth a lot more. But that's all He asks. And the question for us. Is that what we shall do? Thanks be to God who loves us as children and he likes to spoil us and he has the greatest gift of all in his son Jesus and one day we will all enjoy the great and wonderful home that is with God forever and there he will lavish all the love that a parent would lavish on a child whom they had longed to have thanks be to God Amen.